I'm your host, Renee Prams. On today's show, we will have Father Joe Vogel back in the studio to tell us his vocation story. Um, If you don't know Father Joe Vogel, then you're going to be in for a treat. And if you know him, we're in for a treat. Either way. Either way, it's a treat. He is just so much fun to talk to you. Very much a, I would say, straight shooter, um, but also very a very loving priest. So I uh, hope you'll stick around for that interview. We have first <clears throat> some biblical bites with Dr. B. Dr. Chris Bergwald. Hello, Renee Kranz. Hello, Dr. Chris Bergwald. How are you today? I'm <clears throat> I'm a little... Under the weather. A little under the weather, but yeah, yeah I'm okay. We will, uh, so yeah, even though people are hearing this later, pray for Renee and the recovery of her health. So just never know. We don't have to deal with her Sunday, sniffling so anymore. <laughs> Renee, which Sunday is it, speaking of which? Oh, it's, mm. it's been like... We, we haven't recorded an episode uh, for several weeks. Uh, 17th Sunday of Ordinary Time. How do you, are you sure? Yes. How are you so sure? Because I watched Biblical Bites this last weekend. <laughs> Fine. We had some nice compliments last week. Jane okay. Morris, thanks for listening and texting me. Awesome. Um, and she even, Bishop Barron agreed with us. So He, he agreed with saying, us. Yeah. <laughs> Not vice versa. Uh, so, by name, sure. like he named us <laughs> yeah, specifically? Right. No. I agree with you, Chris and Renee. Uh, <laughs> that is what Bishop Barron right. sounds like. All the like. time. He doesn't, yeah. and that's how he sounds, yeah. Okay, so the gospel, what what, uh, what year are we in? Uh, see. Which, and therefore the gospel is? Luke. You're, doing, you're hitting them out of the park. This is how Luke's got the reading from the gospel according to Luke begins this week. It's uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. We're not going to read the whole thing. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished... One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, dot, 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 dot. So we'll get to what he says in just a minute. But I want to start, actually. so actually, no. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, dot, dot, dot. So he gives the Lucan version of the Our Father, which is a little bit different than the one that Matthew has. It's Matthew's that we have memorized and we know. Oh, okay. I'll get to Luke's version, which is just a little bit shorter, but I want to start with the, those opening couple verses. Jesus was playing, praying in a certain place. So Luke states what on the one hand is obvious. Well, duh, of course he's praying in a certain place. I mean, he's always in a certain place. Yeah. Um, but there's something about the fact for me. So we know that Jesus was always on the move, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, well, we don't, he wasn't always on the move, but he would often travel from town to town, village to village, et cetera, preaching. But Luke's here specifies that Jesus was praying in a certain place. We could take this, what I'm about to say, too far, uh, too extreme. But I think one of the takeaways here is the importance of, um, for us personally, identifying what's my certain place oh. to pray. And it can vary based on where I'm at. So I, I recently, so it's been several weeks since we recorded because I was on the road. Renee, I slept in, what did I count? Five different beds within three weeks. You had it was a heck of a three weeks. I did have a heck of a three weeks. It was a beautiful <laughs> three weeks. But I was, so, but when I was in those different places, so um, when I was at my parents-in-law or my sisters-in-law or when I was at my dad's or when I was um, helping out w- uh, with some formation from religious sisters living um, at one of their old convents, where was my prayer place? When I'm at home, where is my, what is the certain place in which I am going to pray? I think that's a good thing for us to sure. ask. But 
It goes on. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So I've used this verse a lot. Lord, teach us to pray. So I've used that as the opening scriptural verse to talk about methods of prayer. But but there's another nuance to it that I think is worth pointing out. Teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So in, and in this had, predates the first century, but in, in, in Jesus' time, it was common that rabbis um, would teach not just how to teach their disciples how to pray, mm-hmm. but there were also prayers that that were identified, well, t- that typified certain rabbis. Oh. So John, there was the, the John the Baptist prayer. And we don't know what that prayer is. We don't actually. know what that prayer is. So John the Baptist, so, so from Jesus, so... I'm getting so just as as John the Baptist would have taught not just methods of prayer but a prayer or a group of prayers to his disciples so that that identified one way you knew that somebody was a disciple of John the Baptist will they pray the prayers that John the disciple taught and all these other rabbis Nicodemus or um, all these other you know Gamaliel whatever right. Jesus Rabbi Yeshua mm-hmm. from Nazareth. Would have also taught. I don't know if that was right at all, but <laughs> Yeshua, Yeshua. I should. Just, I should. I said it with confidence, so you people would have, you gone, with just it. gone with but it. But there's somebody who's listening. Ah, that's not how you say Nazareth. Right. <laughs> so I had to admit it. Um, but Jesus would have taught disciple his disciples his prayer as well, and he did. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So the Our Father is what identified you as a, a disciple of Rabbi Jesus from Nazareth. Right. Uh, so FYI, that. now the content, um, the one thing I want to highlight. So Luke, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forget, forgive everyone in debt to us and do so, not subject us to the final test. So it's a little bit different, mm-hmm. but give us each day our daily bread. Mm-hmm. The word here, and so fitting for now in the, the Eucharistic revival, the word here actually could be translated super, super substantial bread. Yeah. The bread that Jesus is referring to in the Our Father, which typifies you as one of his disciples, is the Eucharist Holy Communion. Thank you for pointing that out. It's something I kind of forget sometimes. That's right. Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. In the studio with me today is Father Joe Vogel. Welcome, Father Vogel. Good to be here. Very good to be here. Yep. This is going to be fun because we invited Father Joe, Joe Vogel in to tell us the story of how he got his call to the priesthood. And he's telling me it's a good story. So um, all stories from Father Vogel are good. So <laughs> I have to assume. Everybody's got a great story. Though. <laughs> That's true. Everybody does have a great story. So, okay. Um, Father Vogel, will you first start by telling us a little bit about where you grew up and your family? I grew up in northeastern South Dakota, really right in the middle of Aberdeen here in our water town. Okay. Two little towns of Dolan. I grew up between Dolan, Dolan and Turton. Oh, okay. Which should be west of Watertown. Yep, I'm from Watertown originally. There so, we are. yeah. And I went to a grade school in Turton, little small school in mm-hmm. Turton, six in my class. Wow. And then um, <laughs> went to junior high and high school in in, Do- in Dolan. Okay. I'm from a huge family. My mother's one of ten. Oh wow. My dad's one of eight. Mm-hmm. And literally, I do have seventy five first cousins. Oh my goodness. I'm not from a family. I'm from a herd. <laughs> Everyone and, knows when your family's around, right? I'm one of eight, <laughs> and, and um, they've had 26 nieces and kids. Okay. And those 26, I think, are up to 43 or 44. So wow. Family means so much to me. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Without a doubt. Yeah. 
get together quite a bit and talk to each other and text and all that. So. Sure, sure. So you um, went to school in, you said, Dolan. Well, Turton Grade School in yep, Dolan High Dolan. School. Graduated in 69, okay. yeah. Okay. And did you go to college then after that? Yes. I went to okay. college in Brookings. Okay. I, um, go Jacks? You bet. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great, blue's good. Yeah. And what did you go to I, school um, for? Well, I started in engineering because I like math and science. Okay. But after a year, I thought, I just, I'm not made to sit at a desk. Yeah. And the grades were good, but I just thought. And so I um, took second year, took one of everything. Psych. <laughs> we never had psychology in Dolan. We never had right. sociology, animal science and whatever, whatever. And halfway through, I thought, study groups of people, sociology. And and I, I knew I wasn't made for a desk. And so sure. I got my degree. And when I was in college in Brookings, um, I was in ROTC. Okay. Yep. And I, my plan was after college, I wanted to travel and, you know, Vietnam was near, near the end. So it was a little bit safer and, and I wanted to see the world and I knew I would be married and have a bunch of kids. Mm -hmm. There was no, of course. there was no thought of priesthood in as a kid. My brother Terry thought about it. You know, we kind of practice all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff. And, mm -hmm. but, um, you played church when you were kids, like yeah, the rest of us, right? Yeah, the little Necco wafers for <laughs> yeah. communion. And, yeah. I wasn't opposed to it. We, you know, we had a priest that visited, but it was a little bit scary and, mm -hmm. you know, just be nice when father's here. And, right. And was, yeah. Right. So after, what'd you do after college then? I was commissioned in 73 okay. and my first, I was a policeman in the Air Force oh, with okay. a degree in sociology. Okay. And I went to, Montana for two years, guarding missiles, mm -hmm. the missile sites in, in Western Montana. And I ended up in Thailand. Oh, wow. If you know a little history, I was there a week after Saigon fell. Oh, my. Which was scary. Mm -hmm. That was about the scariest place, just because a lot of thieves and, and drug running. And, sure. And my cops were drug running and all, all that normal normal oh, stuff. Sure. Normal stuff. <laughs> normal stuff everybody does and goes through. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but, and, then, and then I went to England for two years. Lovely assignment. Mm-hmm. Then I went to the Air Force to graduate school in uh, California, Cal Sacramento, California for okay. a degree in criminal justice. Oh, wow. And then um, engaged to be married while I was there. I did not know that. Yeah, we you. had a date okay. set and it was, it was a wonderful thing, but just, I was 26, she was 30 and I was just too stubborn. I kind of wanted my way all the time. And, and um, <laughs> She probably didn't like that after a while, huh? <laughs> well, it would kind of balance. She's about as stubborn, which is, sure. which means we should not have been married. And right. there was, it felt, you know, the sun's not going to shine and all that stuff. But right. then I went three years to the um, uh, March Air Force Base in Riverside. It'd be east of, west of, east of LA. Okay. But my, I grew up really Catholic. We never, we wouldn't, we were 10 miles. From, I love telling this story. We were 10 miles from town and we were never late for church and mm -hmm. we were old people early. <laughs> Like 15 minutes. So I tell anybody who tells me we can't get to church from across the street on time, I don't buy it. <laughs> Eight kids, 10 miles out. Yep. You can get to church on time. Old people. You really early. can. <laughs> Old people early. I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah. But but my year in Thailand was just not good. Sure. I just wasn't going to church and then boozing and women and, you know, and oh, England wow. was a little bit more. And um, I, I, I would say it was... In one way, I'd say it's a very good thing because mm -hmm. I know I'm capable of stupid or whatever. You pick your word. Right. But I know mercy. Mm -hmm. And I know we can be lots of places, but I know you don't have to stay there. Right. You know, and just so it's, you know, it, and I, I, I love the line, um, make friends with your sins. Because mm. eventually we should say, I'm in church. I'm a church leader because of my sin and my 
knowing God's mercy and the people that loved me when I was goofy. And so that's really developed a uh, um, passion in me to meet people where they are. Sure. Yeah. Because if you can do that, you can, you can you're you, believable. Right. Right. If you think or act like I've never sinned, that just, that smells. Yeah, people don't buy that. Not reality. No, yeah. No. Yeah. So, it, but it was quite a journey getting back into, because you go to church for a couple of years. Right. And, and, um, and the, how I started coming back is after the engagement network and I moved to that base in Southern California, the people at the base, March Air Force Base, the, the, the full-time people and, and the volunteers in the military, they had the most fun being holy. They just made God look good. We wow. had more parties and we welcomed, we didn't adopt a refugee. We adopted 110 of them. And, <laughs> and it was just, but, and, and then another party and it's like, welcome more people. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was home away from home. Right. And right. I really have thought about it. I think why I wanted to, needed to move so much is I needed to know I could live anywhere mm-hmm. on my own. And then if I ever choose to come home, and I could tell you right where on the interstate driving from Sacramento to Southern California, where I was, I could go home now and say, you tell me everything else is beautiful. I know home is my choice rather than I couldn't leave. And really? I don't know what was else was out there. Wow, that's that's really uh, that's a great story. I love that. Yeah, because yeah, we, we do need to know where our home is, and yeah, and I'm be able to it. choose it. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, when did you get your call to the priesthood, and how did that happen? The first thought was 28. Okay. In, in Southern California, and I you was, were 28 years old, not 1928, right? <laughs> oh, punny oh. girl. Um, yes, I was um, at that Air Force March Air Force Base and teaching high school catechism. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to teach a lesson next month on prayer next week. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't praying. I was praying 26 seconds that, oh my God, I offer you a morning prayer, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. 26 seconds. That mm-hmm. was that was my prayer every day. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, I don't think I don't think that's enough to teach a prayer class on prayer because you have no credibility. Right. So in panic, I went to the sister who ran the religious ed program. And she knew me well. It, she would. She was just. She was just. She was God's agent or angel, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And and she said, "Do you, do you pray silently, meditative prayer?" And I mm-hmm. said, "Now that's a big word for me. You know, just <laughs> okay. Shut up and listen. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes more sense." <laughs> and she said, "I'll bet when you pray, you talk too much. Mm-hmm. Do you ever listen to God?" And I said, mm-hmm. "Honest to God, I said I never knew that was an option or would be good." Right. I don't think a lot of people just. I think you're right. Here's my rosary. Here's my this and here's Mm -hmm. that. And she, it was just divine. She said, I'm going to give you an assignment. You promise me now. You're going to do it 10 minutes a day. Ask one question and be silent for 10 minutes. Everybody in the world should do this. And the Mm -hmm. question is, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Mm -hmm. That's a scary question too, isn't it? Do you think God knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but this is Southern California. There's a lot of crazy people there. And God's getting, oh my God, there's smog. And oh my God, it's crazy and traffic. And and I did that. I promised. About three weeks later, the thought of priesthood came, like light. It didn't scare me because I thought a good little Catholic boy who gave it up, so to speak, you know, and, and not going to church and not mm-hmm. going to confession, I thought that disqualified me. Right. <clears throat> and I think a lot of people do. And the priest along the way was journeying with me, you know, when I told him, and he said, Talk, read the story of Moses, David, Paul, and Peter. Murder, mm-hmm. murder, adultery, <laughs> deny your best friend. He yep. said, there's a lot of room at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I needed. Yep. 
you know, and then it, and I just, I stayed with it. And then it was like, if you want this to be there, then you make it more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'll be darned it did. Wow. But there were three things impossible. Only not even God could do. I guess I was wrong. And one was I bought a house. Another guy and I bought, I bought him out. And he had to sell a home and the market was terrible. Mm-hmm. In California, it was upside down. And I thought I'd have to foreclose a house, which I didn't know what that was. Right. Didn't know much about money. And and a lady in the market, in the parish said, well, let's put it on the market and we'll see if it sells. Mm-hmm. Well, a week later it sold and I'm thinking, I don't want that answer. <laughs> I, knew, I want to hear no, no, no. And the second one was impossible. I went to graduate school in the Air Force and they owe, you owe them three months for every month. I owed two more years and well, you could get a waiver, take it up to the general. And I, I thought he'd say, little boy, go to work, you know. And, mm-hmm. and he signed it and he said, I wish one of my boys would go. And he said, well, they go, I'll stay here. Because I love the year. I was I love managing people. I was managing from 40 to 100 people. And, mm-hmm. and the last one was, I've, I've always been gifted with friends. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't told them. The first time in my life it wasn't, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think? Right. And, and um, I sat them down. I wanted to put their little gymnastic mask out because they would fall off and hurt their head, you know. <laughs> Good friends. And I said, I believe, and I can always say this, this was God's call. Mm-hmm. And 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 I told him it was stone silent, and I could not read one expression. Wow. And one said, you could see it coming. <laughs> we knew. And I bet that was a surprise to you. And it was such a relief to mm-hmm. say, I'm not like way off. And right. So I didn't know how long seminary was. Right. You know, I had a couple of master's degrees by then, and I thought, well, because I never talked about it. I only need like two more years, right? No, I thought like six months. <laughs> oh, geez. Give me a collar, teach me to say math. They don't look that sharp anyway, you know. And they said five years, and I thought, for what? And then, and the priest said, go try it. Mm-hmm. You can always, I didn't know you could leave and come back right. to the year. He said, your slot's open, and go try it. And I went one year to uh, Winona, Minnesota for mm-hmm. philosophy, wonderful school. Then four years in the Mount, Mount St. Mary's, Emmitsburg, Maryland, and it was been 34 years later. Right. It'll be 35 in May. Right. Because you were ordained when? 87, 87 with Father Paul Jolston. He's my class. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. So was it, did you have some fear about becoming a priest? Or was it pretty smooth sailing? No, a lot of fear. Okay. I could be holy in spurts. <laughs> That's, a, I think we're all, and maybe but, even tiny little spurts. <laughs> and what the, about the second month of February, they said, if you're a priest, assume the camera is always rolling <laughs> true which it is right now too <laughs> yeah and you say something they said if you're going to be stupid at least go 500 miles from home <laughs> you know and and it's which is not a bad thing when you say i should be watched and be able to be on tv tonight right you know right right yeah and so it, it got a little more comfortable a little more comfortable and then i thought yeah i think this is of god right and, it, and then i stayed and yeah, yeah. and no uh, so yeah, it's it's been a great thing. Good. Um, do you remember? Okay, ordination wasn't that long ago. So was there something from your ordination that really st- still stands out to you today? Well, yes and no, but there's more to it than I realized. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I was in my last, no, my seventh semester of theology. So mm-hmm. I had a semester and a half to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, biggest crisis of my life: my sister died, oh, okay. Mary, mm-hmm. having a baby. Oh. Blood vessel ruptured, Mary's brain dead, 
um, C-section, the baby, a bit of a stroke, and come home, I'm in Maryland, and brain dead, pulled the plug, harvested organs, and and so the funeral was in the cities where they were living, her and mm-hmm. her husband, and it was awful. Yeah. And I didn't know if I could work for a God that would do that, because sure. we prayed a billion rosaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a salesman, and it's like, Take this job, it, shove it, you know. <laughs> and if you've ever been there, you know that that's yeah. a real thing. That's not yeah. a bad thing to say. Right. So I'm back to the seminary, and I'm, I cried every day for months. Sure. And good buddies helped me out and just wait for this. And it was like, wow. But there was enough to be ordained. Right. And here's where good comes out of bad. And I thought, you know, good comes out of bad. Whatever is going to be good about, because the same yeah. sister— was in a wreck at 60 and was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Now that's just way too much. And watching mom and dad lose a kid, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So speaking of ordination, I um, I remember when I was walking down the aisle, which was, seemed like about a half a mile, <laughs> certain I needed to be there by God's grace only, and, you right. know, and, um, and I'm thinking a year ago, I would have been walking down this aisle really proud, Believing I'm probably going to be the best priest ever. Right. And because I had gobs of managed 40 to 100 people, doing really good at it, blessed mm-hmm. with a great family. And that was not me walking down the aisle mm-hmm. then. Because of, as I was crying and praying, can I serve God? It was like, um, finally one day I said, about three months, I said, I have to quit. I have to quit. I'm not quit praying. I have to quit expecting God to answer all my prayers. Mm-hmm. Not many people have been there unless there's been a really a death or a crisis in right. the family or right. all those. And I'm thinking, I, I I quit. I can't work believing God owes us. It's, it's the story of Job all over. Right. Read the story. Right. And it's like, so something changed. And I thought, I will never tell anybody I could fix it. Right only because God wasn't going to fix it, and he's God. Mm-hmm. But I can tell people all the time, I will meet you where you are, I will be with you, and there's enough love in a dead soul, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. to get you through that. Mm-hmm. I, that would have never happened without this. And I didn't realize what I just said till about a year ago. Wow. Yeah. So you've held on to that to a to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. It then. was a little bit less than you were trust God and all. So right. that was just a huge, huge. Yeah. And it's so awesome being a priest. I don't know what to fix people. Right. Right. I mean, that's just, people say that's giving up. No, 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 no. That's not giving up for nothing. That's just, God, you're first. And, you know, it's like you spank your kid, whatever you do, and they crawl up in your lap and you, well, then mm-hmm. you want you to hug them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's just illogical. <laughs> But that's what it was. I'm I'm going to be with you because right. I've tried the other options. Right. It didn't work out so good. No, it was me right. and I can't remember where my car is. You know? <laughs> What's been the biggest blessing of your priesthood so far? Oh, the people I get to work with. Mm-hmm. They just, I mean, somebody said the other day, what's been your favorite parish? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I've been Lots in, of people are, are tuning in right now. <laughs> I started at Christ the King in Sioux Falls, then a vocation director for two years, lived at Cathedral, three months in Heron, filling in, mm-hmm. and then seven and a half years at Aberdeen, Roncalli, and, and a, a parish. Mm-hmm. 
and then St. Michael mm-hmm. here in Sioux Falls, and then helped start Catherine, Catherine Drexel, Drexel mm-hmm. now eight years down at the Dunes, mm-hmm. Elk Point, Jefferson Dunes. And mm-hmm. this is not bowing out. My favorite place is, is always where I am. <laughs> right. Because that's the joy. Yep. And I get that I've received the gift of joy years and years. And, but it, because I'm going to be all in, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to, I'm not going to work 24 hours a day and I'm going to take my day off. And I'm, and about 10 years ago, I was overweight and eating garbage and not working out. And mm-hmm. I said, and my dad died of a heart attack and my grandpa died. And I thought, by the grace of God, I lost some weight. I exercise regularly and Good. we have something to do with our stability. Yep. And I, so I love people. I love youth work. Yes. I, love I have confession. heard that about you. Yeah. Yep. We've got a great discipleship yep. program down the yep. road. And, yeah. That's really yeah. great. Yeah. So. Um, if a uh, young man or even a 28-year-old man mm-hmm. came to you and said, uh, I think I might be hearing a call to priesthood, mm-hmm. what would you tell them? Tell me where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Tell me your background. And eventually say, you know, there's visits to the seminary. Because mm-hmm. I have helped a lot of people go look at the seminary. And I say, when they go and they say, what did you learn? They can like have fun. They can laugh. They're not praying all day. Right. It's like, well, who told you that? I just thought so. So <laughs> if you want to be a vet, go to a vet and follow them. Right. And if you want to be a priest, go look at the seminary. And they all come back just surprises. Right. I love working with seminarians. I love having them move to our place and mm-hmm. hanging out and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. Yeah, I could see you be, as a good mentor for them, I bet. Yeah. 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 Um, what can people of the diocese do for you to make your priesthood better, you better? I don't know if it's possible for you to be better, is it? Well, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Invite your priest to supper. Yes. People don't, so I just say, how about supper tomorrow? Yeah. How about supper yeah. this week? I just invite myself, and it's just the best thing ever. Yeah. I said, why did you ever invite anybody? Oh, we didn't think you'd have time. And I said, but, so I invite myself, and it's like, there's Why joy. not? Well, yeah. <laughs> and somebody said, what if they say no? I'll ask somebody else. Well, yes. And, you know, if you invite your priest to supper, he will almost never say no. Yeah, uh, at least not in my I'm experience. Busy that night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it might be a different night, yeah. but but they like to go oh out God. and yeah. be with people, yep. and exactly. at least most of them do. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I yep. actually, uh, Father Morgan was our priest at Holy Spirit for ten years, uh, and um, we invited him over for supper one time. And we have a cat, and our cat like got up on his head, like literally. And poor Father Morgan's like, "What do I do? I don't know what to do." The cat's on his head. That's, we have a weird cat. <laughs> yeah, I would have been a little You just bit never like, know what will happen when you invite your priest over to your house, right? <laughs> <laughs> Clawed my head or something, yeah. No, it's been an incredible life. I, well, you couldn't have predicted it. And there's challenges, you know. Yeah. You know, suicide funerals or sure. my baby died. And that's when you really lean on God and right. lean on other people and call. I've been, I'm in two different support groups for priests. And sure. I would be, I will never be without buddies. Yeah. And say that's got to be super helpful. Yeah, yeah nobody yeah. knows like a priest, a priest like a priest. Right. And I we got a wonderful bishop and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. We'll keep him. He's coming around. <laughs> he would agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Father Vogel, we are out of time. I so appreciate you coming in and telling us your story. It was a good story. You didn't, you did not uh, lie in that spot <laughs> this time. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. All right, uh, you can find us at uh, our website anytime at sfcatholic.org. If you want to um, find these shows there, you can do that. And um, you can also find things like Mass Times uh, priest information, so you, you need to contact them. Uh, that is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. <laughs>